Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business for the last 30 years designing programs and implementing them with you. Today's focus is going to be on the glycemic index. All right, so this show breaks down what's true, what's not true, and most importantly, why things work, why things don't work. Before I get to that, I want to thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow. And you know what? These reviews really, really matter. They really, really do. So the Gildens actually put the strength back in that real estate market. You guys like that? If you need any help, give them a shout at 386-451-2412. As promised, I'm going to talk today about the glycemic index. And you know, it's funny. It's The glycemic index is always one of those topics that when it comes up, whether it be in the old days when I was lecturing or in emails that we do, or in podcasts, or just simply in conversation with different clients, the glycemic index is always something that really piques people's interest. And food and diet in general really pique people's interest. So, hey, like they say, man, you got to give them what they want. So let's talk a little bit about it and how do we best utilize this knowledge. So the glycemic index is how quickly a carbohydrate converts to glucose after it's been consumed. Typically, it's based on 50 grams of carbohydrate and then how fast the carbohydrate in whatever form it comes in is broken down into glucose. Glucose is the single chain molecule that you're body, your brain, and everything in your body, your organs use for fuel. So it is the final breakdown of all carbohydrates becomes glucose. Glucose is what's in your bloodstream. Glucose is what is converted into ATP, which is the energy. So how fast it becomes glucose is the glycemic index. And the faster it gets converted to glucose the higher the glycemic index, the slower it gets converted to glucose, the lower the glycemic index, all right? Now, what I'm gonna talk today about is performance and exercise. And don't worry, I know everybody gets really wrapped up into losing body fat. It's like the main obsession. I get it, I get it. And as I said, sometimes you got to give them what they want. So we'll talk a little bit about that at the end as well. And it it does matter. I mean, you know, the old saying we used to say way back in the 80s, for those of us that were, you know, around in the 80s, we get a lot of people listening that weren't born yet, you know, that's pretty cool. But anyway, we used to say, you know, you are what you eat. And there is a lot of truth to that. There really is. The quality of food we eat really, really matters to our performance, to our mood, to our mindset, to our health. Like it really, really matters. We want to try to eat nutrient-dense, good foods, all right? So 
But let's get into this conversation about the old glycemic index. Now, basically a rating of 1 to 55 is considered a low glycemic index food. 1 to 55. Just giving you the stats here. A rating of 56 to 69 is considered a moderate or medium glycemic index carbohydrate and anything over 70 is considered to be a high glycemic index food. All right. So what we're looking at now is this study that came out that was published by the American College of Sports Medicine talking about which are the best type of glycemic index foods to consume prior to a longer duration workout. So mostly cardio, but it applies to everything. And, and method to the madness, I break this down so you understand it. You know how to put it to use because that's the most important thing. All right, so we know our numbers on what's considered low, what's considered high, what's considered medium. Now, let me just give you like what those foods are. So soybeans, barley, soy milk, I'm just reading you the list here, whole milk. And if you're wondering what's the difference with whole milk and other milk, the fat actually slows down the glycemic index. Carrots boiled, spaghetti whole grain, and even white spaghetti. It, spaghetti gets such a bad name and it's kind of funny. And bananas are considered low glycemic index foods. So those are low. So remember, that means it gets converted to glucose slowly. And ultimately, I just don't want to say this early because then you're going to tune out, but ultimately, that's a good thing. Not always though. You have to understand the method to the madness. There's times to eat high glycemic index foods. All right, back to our list. Medium glycemic index foods are like sweet potatoes, pumpkins. Mm. Actually, we had a client give us some uh, baked pumpkin. It was actually really, really good. Couscous, I'm not a big fan, but some people are. Popcorn, believe it or not, brown rice, and like wheat, flake biscuits cereal is listed. So think basically like wheat flakes type cereal, like Wheaties and things like that. So those are medium, meaning they're not bad. They're not awful. But remember, there's a method to the madness. There are times when high glycemic index foods are actually preferred. All right. High glycemic index foods, white rice boiled, whole wheat, Bread, by the way, sourdough is more medium. Watermelon, boiled potatoes, instant oatmeal, but not whole oats. Cornflakes, you know, cornflakes actually have almost like a 90 rating. That's really, really high. All right. Rice milk, very sweet. Rice crackers, very sweet. There are others. The list is, is very, very expansive. I'm just giving you the one off of the latest... Uh, study that was reproduced here by the American College of Sports Medicine. And, and they give us a good idea. So let me just kind of summarize those for you a little bit. So to make this simple for you, low glycemic foods, legumes, beans, things like that are always going to be the lowest on the list. 
And if you're talking about like your whole grains and foods you like to eat for complex carbohydrates, because we should be eating our complex carbohydrates. Yes, believe it or not, legumes, beans already said are good, but the pastas are fine too. A lot of it has to do with just simply the cooking and the cooking processes. The medium are going to be more like your, your sweet potatoes, um, some of your brown rices, some of your cereals. Those are more medium and it's not on the list, but I, I'm just telling you because I know, but like sourdough and rye bread are more medium. Your highs are going to be your whole wheat bread, your white rices, your white potatoes, especially boiled. Those are considered like high glycemic and they have a purpose. I'll get to that again in a second. So those are the foods and those are the differences between low, medium and high. Now let's talk about the study. Now, it's funny because when we were kids, and probably true for anybody under 40, if, has it changed that much? You know what? No. I, I'm going to say that you're, you're still getting bad advice. Um, you know, phys ed teachers and people that didn't have a lot of physiology backgrounds, and I'm not bashing all PE teachers. It's not really their job to know that per se. And gosh, these poor guys don't even really get to teach anymore. But, you know, you're told, oh, have some Gatorade, have this, you know, before you go work out. And it's like those are considered high glycemic index foods if we're talking Gatorades and I don't know, what would they tell people? Watermelon sometimes. Uh, some of these nutrition bars people are told to go eat are nothing but high glycemic index carbohydrates. I'm not going to say a brand because I'll piss somebody off. But some of these uh, nutrition brands are that way. You're told, oh, eat that beforehand. Well, no. Number one, we've known that for a really long time. Number two, the studies are confirming once again, and I thought this was a really cool, small, repeated study, that that's one of the worst things you can do. Because what ends up happening is when you eat a high glycemic index meal shortly or even an hour before you go do long duration exercise, your blood sugar starts to spike. And what ends up happening is you start using that, but then you're not using the oxidative fats. So you're actually not using the long-term energy that is going to delay fatigue. You get into carb burning too fast, too soon, and you get away from fat burning. So it's what we don't want to do. And you probably have noticed it before, Maybe you just didn't put it together, but when you have like a lot of sugar or a lot of high glycemic index foods prior to working out, you know, you, you hit a peak, but then all of a sudden you start feeling like trash. You start feeling like garbage. So we know, well, we've known that for a long time. Don't do it. But now, and, and this is, this is the funny part. Now we know you should actually be consuming some low glycemic index carbohydrates like an hour before. Now I'm not talking about like an hour before you go bang out the weights for 30 minutes or something like that. I mean, you can, you absolutely can. It's not going to hurt you. You don't necessarily need to though. Like a lot of people get up out of bed and they work out before, you know, calling it fasting workout and there's nothing fancy or anything to it. The bottom line is you just don't need a lot of that. If you are eating a good carbohydrate, uh, diet to begin with. In other words, if you're on a low carb diet, yeah, you're going to need some energy to work out. But if you're not, you're going to be able to use your glycogen. All right. But that's really neither here nor there. I don't want to confuse anybody. The point is, is for a shorter workout, you don't necessarily 
need to have anything to eat, period. But for a longer workout, let's say you're going for a run or you're doing a 5K or you're doing even longer than that, it's absolutely advantageous to have a low glycemic index snack or small meal prior to this because what it does is, number one, it's going to keep your blood sugar stable. And blood sugar stability is very, very important. Have you ever just started feeling some brain fog or, you know, feeling a little out of it, maybe feeling hangry? So that's why, because our blood sugar has dropped. Low glycemic index foods are going to keep your blood sugar stable. And number two, it's going to help you get to the fat store sooner. So you're starting to burn more fat for fuel which is long-term energy. So you're not going to peak and die. You're going to sustain and go. And that's what we want to do. So we want to have the low glycemic index snack meals or, you know, well, a medium-sized, the small meal or snack prior. It's critical. The key is to find something that is pretty easy for you to digest and that you like. Because look, let's face it, a low glycemic index food is legumes, right? Soybeans or other types of legumes. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pound down a cup of pinto beans before I do a 5K. That's going to be pretty darn hard on the old stomach, right? And it's going to be pretty nauseating at, you know, 5.30 a.m. as well. I mean, maybe. And I probably don't want to pound a cup of pasta either. I mean, I guess you could. It really depends on what you put on it. But, you know, you're going to want to find something with the low glycemic index like legume base that you can eat and of course as i said a banana works really really good for that i just don't know how many of them that you would want to eat they do make different kind of bars that are legume based um, that you might want to try or you can get up a little earlier and have something that is a little more friendly on your stomach but the big key is yes it's good to have low glycemic index foods prior to longer workouts, training, and races, all right? But don't, don't, don't not eat high glycemic index foods. Research shows that after you've worked out intensely or long, and I define long as longer than 90 minutes. So if you've gone for a long run, long ride, something like that, long crew, whatever, that's the time to refuel with, say, 50 to 100 grams of high glycemic index carbohydrates things that spike the blood sugar high because what's going to happen is your cells after you've been working out intensely are like little sponges and they're going around to pick up any little bit of glucose in your cells because it's trying to recover and we want that glycogen to recover as soon as possible so right when we're finished a workout a high intensity workout or longer workout we want to consume higher glycemic index foods. I mean, you know, that's maybe when you do have that potato or something like that. I mean, look, I'm not against potatoes by any means. I mean, if you like them, eat them all you want. That's not the point. I'm just trying to like get you to understand that you actually can make your diet the best it can be for performance. All right. And yes, for you weight loss people out there, man, I'm going to give you what you want. Yes, 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 yes. If you're trying to lose weight, the best thing you can always do is eat lower to medium glycemic index foods most of the time because you're going to keep your blood sugar levels stable 
and you're not going to feel overly hungry. You're not going to get hangry. You're, you know, you're less likely to binge. So you're just better off to eat the slow burning carbohydrates. It doesn't mean never eat the high stuff. I mean, I don't believe in nevers, you know, my, my motto has always been, you know, try to eat 80% clean, 80% of the time. So if you really, really, really are just doing your best most of the time, you know what? Your best is going to be good enough. A lot of people don't though. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. All right. So I hope this helps. I want you to try it out because if you really want to maintain your endurance, we got to learn how to eat. We have to learn how to eat well because we are what we eat. Let's bring that saying back. It's better than other sayings floating around sometimes, right? All right. Speaking of great sayings, there's no better garage door company in Daytona Beach than overhead door of Daytona Beach. Zach and Jeff Hawk are the owners. I know them very well. They are clients. They are friends. And they do a phenomenal job of service and product. Give them a shout. Overheaddoordaytona.com.